Welcome to High Motor by BetMGM, the Monday, July 26th episode. If you are new to the show, we drop an episode every Monday, drop an episode every Thursday as well. This Monday, we're going to the ACC. This is the first of our Power 5 conference previews. We rolled through NFL divisional previews, all eight of those, over the last six, seven weeks or so. Now we're going to roll through P5 previews. Not sure if we'll do it consecutively. Depends on if some things come down. NFL training camp, other things come up that we want to talk about. But we are planning on doing all five uh, in a row, starting with the ACC today. Going through my notes before this show, I imagine this will just be a little bit different than the NFL ones. I don't know if it'll just be shorter or a different episode because those were like almost exclusively betting focused. We had some non-betting conversations, but most of those were even like started or still in regards to specific numbers that we were discussing. There there just aren't as many conference and team-specific numbers for college football on BetMGM.com and the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Uh, But we'll get to those that do exist for for each of these conferences and their teams. But I imagine for these previews, we'll probably go a little bit outside betting far more often. The first thing here is, are we even going to spend time on the ACC championship odds. As I sit right now, Clemson, a massive favorite, minus 900, North Carolina, the next closest team, plus 850, and everybody else is just way down below. And it's not necessarily about like the 850 for me for North Carolina, that gap. It's just who's in the way of that ticket cashing. That's why I'm even questioning if we're going to talk about it. And if we're not going to talk about it, as we mentioned before the show, that's kind of a separate discussion why we're not even mentioning anybody challenging Clemson at that number. I just think there are other, if you want to take like a a semi dart throw at 850, I just think there are other college football conference division winner odds in that ballpark of like 600, 900. And even though that team might be like Utah, for example, in the PAC 12, something I was looking at about a week ago, Utah, I believe is at 550, 600, 650, somewhere in there. And there were four teams ahead of them. But I'm just not that confident in terms of the Pac-12 that any of those four teams are unbeatable for Utah. But in the case of North Carolina and Clemson, the gap to me just seems so big that I don't even know if there's like a real discussion to be had for ACC championship odds. Do you feel any differently about that? I think you're exactly right when you said if you want to throw a dart, then that's fine. Uh, I-, I think... The when the gap is minus eight hundred, and you're you're looking at a couple schools behind them that are plus seven hundred, plus seven fifty, plus eight hundred in that range. Sure, I think it's worth taking a flyer uh, because I do think when you look at what Clemson is going to have to replace, I think making them minus eight hundred favorites, like in that neighborhood, that massive of a favorite, that's pure institutional momentum. You know, you're not betting on Trevor Lawrence coming back and continuing to, to keep the the ship afloat where it is, like high above the rest of the ACC. You're just betting on Clemson being Clemson at that point. That's pure marketplace. So if you want to take a dart throw, sure. I think it's worth it. I probably will. But I don't I don't know that I think we need to have some grand discussion about ACC odds because it kind of is what it is at this point. That surprises me. I know that you routinely will find value in something like that. But I'm still surprised, even coming to this episode, knowing that I don't even necessarily think it's like you're low on Clemson. You're just saying, hey, guys, like, look who they lost. Let's calm down. 
can anybody challenge them? And I don't even think you're that high on North Carolina. At least you weren't going into last year. Maybe you feel differently this year. But that still surprises me that you're willing to throw a dart at 850, even though, I mean, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the AFC West preview that that Chiefs number at 12 and a half. I think you said something like, you're paying a tax on the Chiefs, but you're still not going to take the under on the Chiefs because you're really going to bet that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, are going to go 12 and five as opposed to 13 and four. So I get that that number for Clemson is inflated, like you mentioned, but I'm still surprised that you're even interested in this North Carolina number. And maybe you're just higher on them, and we'll get to that in a second. Well, we uh, we will get to it in a second. I don't, I don't want to give away my uh, I don't want to give away what I've what I've hiding for you. So I'm just going to sit on my information, and maybe I'll. I'll blow your mind a little later. Did you want to start with Virginia Tech then? Uh, no, I, I I do not want to start at Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't I don't want to start with either of the Virginia schools. I don't think you're going to get anything crazy from them this year. So should we do a? Should I just know your love for the Hokies? Should we do a second mm. on? Will I will we'll, be at a Hokies game this year though? I will be are, live. Are you in color? Going to Morgan, you're going to Morgantown, right? September 18th. Let's go. Can't wait. Really quickly here. How does, since we're not really going to talk about Virginia Tech, we have, I have no interest in any of their lines or week one lines, anything like that. But really quickly on Virginia Tech. Like, how does Justin Fuente save his job this year? Because we have fired him a couple of different times on the show over the last two years. And I think there's an interesting discussion to be had here because, like, I can see eight wins on this schedule for Virginia Tech, maybe even nine but it's going to be a very unimpressive eight and four season, nine and three season if they get lucky, essentially. Like, even if you give them a win against your boys or at home against Notre Dame, like getting to nine and three, I, I just don't see how, like, that's enough substance for Virginia Tech to say, because this buyout is $7.5 million after the season, drops $2.5 million each of the next two or three seasons, whatever's left in his contract. That's why I'm having a really hard time seeing how Justin Fuente keeps his job just based on the optics of this. Because I don't know if like an 8-4 and four season or a 9-3 and three season is going to look that great for Virginia Tech this year, even if they get to that point. Yeah, I think uh, reading the terrain here locally, uh, for those that don't know, I'm at Richmond. Uh, so I, I definitely bathe in a lot of the uh, UVA football and Virginia Tech football media stuff. I think... That people just want to see, I mean, fans, fans don't always drive the, is he hired, is he fired, you know, conversation, uh, or at least the results, but it feels like they just want to see progress. Like they, they, you know, if he goes through the season and let's say, let's say they beat West Virginia, but they lose all their other big games, which would be the, the opener against North Carolina. They lose to Notre Dame. They lose to Virginia, which is obviously their their big, big rivalry game, the Commonwealth Cup, and that game is in Charlottesville this year. I think people would be pretty disappointed. I, the West Virginia rivalry, like, it's fun. I think the West Virginia side probably cares more about it at this point than the Virginia Tech side. Uh, it's been going on 15 or 20 years since that's been regularly played. So I, I think it's lost some of its uh, some of its sex appeal in terms of winning that game. Uh, especially from the from the Blacksburg side, so I don't know that that would move the marker a ton. I think they would need to show that they're progressing back toward the top of the ACC 
with a big win over North Carolina or Notre Dame or maybe even uh, the, the Miami game later on that season. If they lose all three of those and then you add like a UVA loss on top of that, it, it just wouldn't feel great, I think, from the Virginia Tech fans side. So I think that's where they're at. But you know what? I've been I've been really good about a lot of things the last couple of years. I have not been good at, at reading Virginia Tech, at reading the lines, at reading the coaching stuff. So like I what do I know at this point? You know, I, I'm not I know that's like bad podcasting one oh one shit on your own opinions. But I just, I don't know. I think I got to be transparent. Like, I have not been good on the Virginia Tech stuff. So, I don't know. All right, where do you want to go then? I have I have several win totals that I like here. We mentioned one before the show. Uh, I tweeted out North Carolina, and we mentioned that briefly before we hopped on here. Like, where do you want to start, whether it's the most intrigue for you or the one that you feel the best about in this conference? I want to hear your UNC pitch because I, th- I think you're right about this. So I, I just want to give you the floor to really pump up uh, the, this pick that you have because I think you're on to something. I mean, the biggest thing here, so the number is, is 9.5. Over 9.5, minus 120, under 9.5, plus 100. Uh, the odds suggest that number probably isn't going to move unless we get some significant money over the next, what, six weeks or so. I don't think it's that complicated here because you miss Clemson. There are no games on their schedule in which I'm saying either they don't have a chance or it's going to be very, very difficult for them to win. And then that's what I want to see when a number is this big. I don't want to see any auto losses on a schedule. Even if Clemson was on this schedule, I think I would still feel okay about this. You get Miami at home. I'm not dismissing, going back to Virginia Tech, I'm not like dismissing that opener in Blacksburg because things do happen. And especially this year, coming off of last year, I think a lot of weird things happened last year where it might lead to more surprises this year because it was just a weird season. But I'm really easily seeing a 6-0 and start for them, and then they get back-to-back Miami-Notre Dame games with a bye in the middle. To me, it's split, that, split those games, Miami at home at Notre Dame, and I think it's done. Like I think if you split those games, you're 7-1. and one. I can't remember who they get after those, those well, games. I, I can give it to you if you want. Wake Forest at Pitt, the mighty Wofford Terriers at NC State. And then that would be it. So in my opinion, if you're seven and one, they get Wake right after Miami. Is that right? You said Wake right after Notre Dame. Right after Notre Dame. Sorry, I had that flip. So you go to Notre. Let's say you beat Miami, lose Notre Dame. Then you get Wake Forest seven and one going into the Wake Forest game. I think this number is borderline done. If this bet doesn't hit, I feel like something went horribly wrong, and I'm fine with that. And you've talked about this before. If it doesn't hit because of some unforeseen situation that you didn't account for, and I didn't necessarily account for. Like, God forbid Sam Howell goes down, this number doesn't hit. I don't want to play the injury game, and I don't want to play the game of what's the worst-case scenario. I'm fine with this bet not hitting if just something horribly wrong happens. Right, because that's that's the game you play when you gamble. Exactly. So this is a really comfortable number. Yeah, this is a really comfortable number for me. I'm curious if you're on the same page here, because it's almost, you mean, you use the word fishy a lot. I don't think this this number is fishy, but I am surprised it's not 10. And I don't know if that should worry me or if I should just be excited that it's not 10 and grab this now. I agree with you. Uh, I, I So I went into this a little skeptical, uh, as you alluded to. I am, I'm a little more skeptical about, about UNC than you. And I, went, I said the same thing you said in the exact same language that you said about that Virginia Tech opener. Is, eh, early in the season, eh, funky things can happen, you never know. Hey, you know what? Virginia Tech doesn't really know who they are, and UNC does. 
North Carolina definitely has the better quarterback. So, yes, Blacksburg can be a tough place to play, a Blacksburg night game. But I feel like I'd be pretty surprised if Virginia Tech won I that mean, game. Th- that's my point. It's like, how is Virginia Tech going to score, like, 20 points in that game? That's so, what I don't see happening. So even though funky things can happen, sure, maybe it's like a 20-17 to 17 game, but that's kind of what I mean by that would shock me. And if that result happens, I'm just okay with it because that's not something we saw coming. Yeah, and I mean, going through, like, they're not losing to Georgia State. They're not losing to UVA. They're not probably losing at Georgia Tech. Duke's going to be terrible this year. More on that in a bit. Uh, Florida State at home, I doubt it. I think the Miami game is a toss-up. I think one of the more interesting parts of that game is that Miami, I believe, is coming off of its bye, whereas North Carolina is going into its bye. So maybe that's a small advantage for Miami, but the game's in Chapel Hill. So I feel like that all comes out in the wash. I think you're right. I think nine and a half uh, feels too low for this number. And uh, at minus 120, I mean, that's not an unreasonable VIG. So I I would agree with you uh, that the over is the play here. Of course, something funky can always happen. They could always go lose in Pittsburgh or something. They could lose a rivalry game at NC State. All of that could happen. But if you split the games with Miami and Notre Dame, then you've got a little room, you know, to mess up anyway. So give me the over on North Carolina. I'm with you. You know, part of me was kind of hoping that you would push back and I just because I want to hear. I'm having a really hard time of seeing why somebody would take the under on this. I mean, the recipe for getting to 10 wins in the ACC of an elite quarterback, probably the second best defense in the conference, maybe a top 10 defense nationally if you're optimistic about it. You lose some of your skill guys, but you still have a good offensive line. Like I, I don't know where the holes are on this team. You combine that with the schedule, particularly missing Clemson, getting Miami at home. I mean, you talked about what Notre Dame is missing. So that even, I think it's conservative that you're assuming or hoping for they split Miami and Notre Dame. For all we know, they could get both of those games. Maybe they drop a different game that we're not expecting. Maybe it is the Virginia Tech game. Maybe it is at Pittsburgh. Maybe it's in Raleigh. NC State might have a good year. But like the point being is that from where I'm sitting, the recipe is here for them to have a really good season in what is needed in the ACC to get to 10 wins. So it's not even necessarily me not wanting to bet against them. It's me being very excited about taking this over. You, but I am glad we're on the same page, though. Yeah, we're definitely on the same page. Uh, you Let me tell you about my North Carolina, because I do have a team that I really like. It's just not North Carolina. And I know what I said about Miami and Alabama a few weeks ago. I am very aware of it. I'm not walking that back at all. I am telling you, Miami has a quarterback. That is going to be a Heisman front runner. They bring back more than 90% of their production from last season. And they don't have to play Clemson. North Carolina didn't play, doesn't play Clemson. Miami doesn't play Clemson. I mentioned the fact that they get North Carolina off of the bye. The rest of their schedule, very doable. That number is also nine and a half. And unlike North Carolina, Miami, you're getting nine over nine and a half at plus 120. So I kind of like this Miami team a lot. If I'm taking a dart on somebody else to win the ACC, I'm actually buying the Miami ticket. I'm not going to tell you they're going to beat Alabama. That would feel like a silly prediction. I would say this. The recipe to beat Alabama is to play them in week one when you have a Heisman potential candidate quarterback 
and Alabama has to replace like the most production in Alabama history. So I, I, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to wonder about. Uh, I do wonder now if I'm going to end up betting Miami in week one. I'll feel really dumb if I take that ticket now and then they get blown out. But I think the Miami over is a nice play. It's it's going to be a play for me. I'm going to hold a Miami to win the ACC ticket. And I don't know. I, if if I want to get real crazy, I might look at the, the King Heisman odds. I just don't see any of that. At all. They bring I mean, I so could, much back. I don't care. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, okay, if if King isn't coming off the ACL and he's not having this summer of question marks, I can, like, kind of get there. But they're not beating Alabama. That's the auto loss. I, purely from a personnel standpoint, I'm fine with it. Like they, they just don't have any holes on this roster. Assuming that King comes back 100% healthy. Big if, right? That like I'm definitely taking an assumption there. I don't know where like the weakness is on this roster, but that would make me feel a lot better if this team was good the last couple of years. They haven't been that good of a team. They haven't shown me enough consistency. What's that number? I'm I'm Nine trying to find it. Same as no, same sorry, as sorry, sorry. The number, yeah. sorry, I apologize. The number for Alabama because you mentioned that was it fourteen and a half or something. Oh, I think one? it was fourteen and a half. Yeah. And you had mentioned take this number now because the Alabama hype train is going to get out of control in August, and that's just only going to go up. If right. You want. Yeah. The reigning national champions are not probably not going to go down, right? Like that 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 point spread's only going to go in one direction. I think is what we were talking about. Does that mean you're going to hold both tickets, Miami and North Carolina, the over? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because there's there's a very, I mean, that's a huge middle of that Venn diagram for both of them to hit that over. Because I, I, I do think, I mean, if you look at the ACC after Miami and North Carolina, there's a pretty substantial drop there. Like, there's a clear top three in this conference. So I do think they could both hit the over. And while we're on the topic of the top three, let's also throw in there, if you want to bet Clemson, the under is the only side to take. You know, the number is 11 and a half, which means you're either betting on them to go 12 and 0 undefeated up to the ACC title game, or you're betting on them to lose anywhere. And even if they win the Georgia game, I would still bet on them to trip somewhere. You know, even if you're, if, even if you're telling me, hello, I'm from the future, Clemson beats Georgia. Still taking the under. They do get South Carolina State, though, after that Georgia game. Mm, soft landing spot. UConn mid-November, too. Uh, I'm not touching Clemson at all. Small point. Uh, I just I have no interest in the, the conference. I mentioned the minus 900 to win it. I, I don't see the value there. I mean, we talked about a lot of those odds in the NFL of not making the playoffs. Weren't the I think the Texans were somewhere around 900, 1,000 not to make the playoffs. I feel way better about the Texans not making the playoffs at 900 or 1,000. That's kind of what I mentioned with the North Carolina thing. If you want to take that dart throw, the other side of it, if you want to go super conservative, I don't see why Clemson at 900 is a play there. I think there are other opportunities specifically in the NFL. We'll probably even get to more of them through these P5 preview series, but I just don't see the value there. I agree with you. I don't want to bet on them going undefeated, but I don't want to bet on Clemson losing to anybody. UConn included. 
Well, if it was last year, I would agree with you. But it's just, you know, there's there's too much out the door. They're replacing too much. Historically, in this spot, even Clemson loses a game somewhere. So I'll, I'll, I'll take a little tiny piece of the under. You know, Beamer ball in Columbia, dropping <laughs> that one. Pass. <laughs> Anyways, um, Boston College. Your boys, your other, your other ACC squad that you like. I know that. I teased this. I think it was on the last episode. I don't know how good they're going to be, but I think that the win total will be there. Over is 7 minus 130, under 7 plus 110. I feel really good about the over here. I have, like, some concerns on defense, and that's why, obviously, this number isn't higher. I mean, there's basically just zero high-end talent on defense, but a great offensive line, great quarterback, great options for Jerkovic. I just, I don't see where the losses are on here. I don't know if I want to say, like, where are the losses on this schedule because they're just not a good enough team to warrant a question like that. They're going to drop a game or multiple games against teams that are just worse than them. I think Louisville's worse than them. Maybe they lose to Louisville. I think Missouri is worse than them. Maybe they lose to Missouri. But what Halfley did last year was so impressive for a first year, a first time head coach that. I don't see where six losses stack up for Boston College this year because it just feels so much like this program is heading upward. We mentioned uh, Justin Fuente. I think Jeff Halfley is the name to watch at Virginia Tech if Fuente's gone and elsewhere. Because if Jeff Halfley goes 9-3 and this year, he's going to get one of those top 20 to 25. Is Virginia Tech a top 20 job in college football? Probably. I They definitely Fringe? were. Fringe. I don't know if they they are now. But anyways, Boston College over the 7. I think push is highly possible there, but I really don't see 6 wins and I have a very easy time seeing 8 and 4, 9 and 3. How high are you on the Eagles this year? Um, Pretty high. <laughs> Not as high as you. I but I see what you're seeing. I just think this number is like a lot of other these other ACC numbers. It's just a good number. It's it's right on. It's accurate, and I don't see a lot of value either way. Like I, so you think the book would be if this was at seven and a half? You think the book would be killed on the under? I don't know, man. I think I think Boston College is a trendy team this off season. I think a lot of people see what you see, uh, even though it's Boston College. I think a lot of people saw what happened there last year. And are thinking, okay, this is this is a good marriage. This is something to watch. This is on the rise. I think that's that's kind of the like for among people that pay attention to college football that are locked in. I think that's the word on the street. So I, I think that has partially made this number seven because otherwise I don't, I don't see Boston College as a seven win team like marketplace wise. I see them as more of like a six or six and a half and an easy over. But instead, I think it's in the water supply that, that this is a program on the rise. So I think that's kind of eroded a lot of the value there. And, and I mentioned that the ACC numbers, man, a lot of these numbers are pretty good. Georgia Tech's five, Syracuse three, Boston College seven, Pitt seven, Wake seven. Those are all pretty good numbers. And, and I think a lot of the middle class of the ACC, those, oh yeah, the, the, they're, 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 they're also here. Like those teams... They're they're pretty on, man, and I don't see a lot of value uh, either way. Like, 
I desperately wanted to look at and and figured I'd be able to make something out of that Syracuse number. I don't know, man. I think three is the right number. So it, it's I think a lot of these middle places in, in the ACC I'm probably staying away from, with the exception of uh, Louisville, who I actually think uh, could be a decent under team. I, I think uh, the under there could look interesting. Let's talk about Syracuse for a second because the big on this is interesting. So over three – Minus 165. Yeah. We're thinking that's going to hit three and a half. That continues that direction, right? I would think so. Yeah, that's a pretty high VIG for for a team like Syracuse. That's a big deal, I think, because at this number right now, asking Syracuse to go 2-10 and ten again, this team sucks. I mean, this, is, this team is terrible. And even though they have Ohio Rutgers, Albany, Liberty, in non-conference, I'm not even convinced that they're a better team than Ohio Rutgers or Liberty. They're definitely okay. not a better team than Liberty. I can tell you that right now, and it brings me no joy to tell you that. But is Albany decent? Uh, they they have a a pretty strong quarterback for the FCS level uh, named Jeff Undercuffler, who's pretty good. I don't know that they would beat Syracuse, but they are definitely going to be a live dog in that game, and they might put the fear of God in Syracuse. So that's. I think that's ultimately a win for Syracuse, but one where they probably have to exert a little more effort than they would like to. Rutgers, I don't know that they can beat Rutgers. I don't know that they can win at Ohio, and I feel very confident they're going to lose at home to Liberty. So that's that's a pretty tough non-con before you start getting into the meat of your ACC schedule. You know, at Florida State, L. Wake Forest at home, probably an L. Clemson, L. At Virginia Tech, L. Boston College, L. Like where are the wins here? That's what there's I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna wait, there, man. Like I'm gonna wait because there's no this number isn't going to like two and a half. So I'm gonna wait on this number right up until basically kickoff of their opener. I think they have Ohio and yeah they open with Ohio. I'm gonna wait to get this number because I think at if I'm taking the under on three right now, I think there's a chance of a push. I still like the two them to go two and ten. But if you give me three and a half and you're saying that Syracuse needs to win four, they either have to win yeah. all four of those non-conference games, which is a huge ask against three teams that are better than them. Well, and, and I suspect that's why you have a number that's over three minus 165 rather than them pushing the number to three and a half because pros are going to come in and obliterate that under three and a half number. So the, the book is really in a tough spot there. And it's it's places like this where you really start to see like, like that conceptual idea that, hey, books always say, well, hey, I mean, you know, the house always wins or whatever. We're the one that has to take all the risk because we're the ones that have to make all these numbers. And sometimes that's true, and sometimes it's being a little dramatic. Here is a case where that's absolutely true, because the book is in a no-win situation where they can't move the number, so they have to protect themselves by taking a crazy vig on the over, but, the, you know, over three... They're going to beat somebody in the ACC. Like, they're, like nobody, it would be really unlikely for them to go over in the ACC. Duke's probably not going to go over in the ACC, you know, and I think Duke is worse than Syracuse. So it just, it, this is a no-win situation for the book, and they can't push it to three and a half because they're going to get murdered. Uh, see, since you've been doing this longer than I have, like, at what point would you be able to learn something from that? Like if this number, because this is a high number, in a lot of cases, once it gets to 160, they're bumping it up a half a win. Like if, if this still keeps going up and up and up and we're at minus 175, minus 180, like 
At that point, can you say, wow, the book really doesn't want to move this number. Now I should take the under because that's obviously the, the side that the Sharps are going to be on. So even though 2-10 and 10 is kind of tricky, 3-9, and nine, very high likelihood of a push there, Like even though this number could be at, you know, doesn't get to 3.5 and, and it could be at minus 185, does that then tell you maybe I should be shooting for a two and ten season here? See what I'm asking you? Yeah, I do, and I, I think you're I think you're correct. At a certain point, the pay on the under three, just the straight three, gets so high that it's worth that it's worth uh, taking a shot at it. And then maybe you know the the great Danes of the University of Albany, representing your boys in the CAA, uh, maybe maybe they get the upset there, and then you're basically walking home with cash in hand, and it's not even October yet. Any feel for Florida State? The number here, over 5.5, minus 115, under 5.5, minus 105. I don't think we've mentioned Florida State really at all this entire offseason. They got a lot of play last year, the last couple of years, us mocking their uh, inability, futility, etc. Any lean on Florida State? Yeah, I lean toward the over, but it's definitely a lean, and it's probably not a play. There are a lot of what I would consider automatic losses here. They open the season, they open the, the game, or... They open the season against Notre Dame. I mean, maybe they could flirt with an upset there purely because it's, it's, I don't know, it's week one. I'm purely saying this in a week one context. This team sucks. This team is terrible. I don't think it sucks, but Notre Dame is clearly the better team here. I see this more as a good home dog cover than an actual upset alert, but I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. I think Notre Dame is probably a loss. I think at North Carolina is a loss. I think at Clemson's a loss. I think Miami's probably a loss. I think at Florida could most certainly be a loss. So there's a lot of losses there. But there's also a fair amount of probably automatic wins. They're beating Jacksonville State. They're beating Syracuse. They're beating UMass. So if you're telling me they only got to get three more wins out of a bunch of middling ACC teams, like uh, looking at Louisville, I'm looking at Wake Forest, I'm looking at NC State, your boys up in Boston, they got to get three of those. That's not impossible. I would lean toward the over, but it's a no play for me. I I do think they're going to get to six wins. I think it will ultimately be a no play. I'm actually leaning the under now, and I don't know if anything will change my mind. Again, this is a no play for me right now, but I think if I had to take a side, I'm taking the under because this is just not a good football team. Like, I'm not sure it's all that complicated. I don't think I would need to take it now because the odds suggest this number isn't going anywhere. So maybe you wait out camp injuries, you know, for them and other teams in their schedule. Like they're not as horrendous in as many areas as they were the last few years, but they're just not like good anywhere. They're not good at anything. And maybe this is year they finally develop. And I look like an asshole saying this, but like you said, you get, I think you have three auto wins, Jacksonville state, Syracuse, UMass. And then I think you have to get wake forest and Louisville which I'm not convinced that they beat Louisville. I think it's at Louisville, too. No, Louisville's at home. I'm not even convinced they get those games. And then where's the sixth win? Like, is it NC State at home? Is it, like you said, at Boston College? That's the hard thing for me. Like, I can get to five kind of stretching it a little bit. The six seems like a leap. I think, I mean, I think the book positioned themselves in a perfect spot here, and you can see by the numbers that this thing is not moving. So I think the book did a phenomenal job. And I, I think the old. number agrees with you, by the way. I think the five and a half probably suggests that the book likes five and seven. 
I think it's still a stay away from me, though. This is a stay away from me. We got to talk about one of my favorites we haven't even talked on, touched on yet. Uh, Duke under four. Dude, this, this team's bad, all right? They were really bad last year. They're not going to be any better this year. They, I believe, are in the bottom 10 for returning production on a team that already sucked. Uh, when you look at, I mean, let's, let's just rip off their SEC schedule real quick because they're, I mean, maybe one in seven. Like, maybe. They might do that. So, at North Carolina, no. Georgia Tech at home, probably not. At UVA, no. At Wake Forest, no. Pitt at home, no. At Virginia Tech, no. Louisville, no. Miami, no. So, probably not a lot of wins there. Their non-conference, I'm telling you, they're playing at home on Friday, September 10th. They're playing North Carolina A&T. That's a loss. That is an FCS upset. I'm telling you right now, North Carolina A&T is going to be. And you're not just blowing smoke on me here because I don't know dick about the Aggies. That That's a sincere pick. What's the line going to be for that game? It, it will be shockingly small and everybody will go. Well, it, it'll. I, I never know how smart we are at gambling like as a nation. So it's going to be one of two reactions. It's going to be, oh, that's weird. Look how small that line is. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's one. I honestly would not be surprised if North Carolina was like a minus, A and T was like a minus two road favorites. It might be kind of like that. Cause I mean, they're good. They, they are really, really good. And they're, Duke's got to go to Charlotte. That's, that, I mean, that could definitely be a loss. They're playing Northwestern at home. I think that could be a win. Northwestern ranks like second to last among all FBS returning, uh, production teams. So they might win that one. And then they got to play your Kansas Jayhawks in Durham. I think Kansas might win that one. So I don't see them getting to four, man. Like there's, they they might go four and zero in the non conference and still push. So under all day, give me the under on that minus one hundred five. I think aside from Kansas, and I think we'll also Arizona might be in this category too. Maybe we'll talk about Vandy too. But I think. Duke is a P5 contender for 0-12. I wouldn't bet on that happening, but I would be curious. Maybe we can figure out what the odds would be. They were not going to post odds for that, but maybe we could figure out what the odds would be for an 0-12 season from Duke. Like I think because they're a contender for 0-12, I feel really good about taking under four wins. There was this quote in the, uh, let me find it here, in the Athlon preview when they have uh, the opposing coaches anonymously talk about each team. And this one said that this might be the year someone has to have the uncomfortable conversation with David Cutcliffe. I think they're right. And that is crazy given that he was widely considered one of the best coaches in college football like three years ago. But I think because of how bad they've gotten and how, I mean, they've never like walked into a season with high-end ACC talent. You're not going to see a ton of Duke players on preseason all-ACC teams. But this year specifically... There's just, like, not many of these guys are ACC players. I don't mean that, like, as a disrespect for them. Well, I guess I kind of do. It is what it is. Not, it is what They're it is. just not ACC-level players. Like, this is a mid-level G5 roster right now. They just don't have the talent to compete in a league that is widely filled with mediocrity. Their roster is by far the worst, and it's not even close to even Wake Forest. So I just don't see the wins for them at all. If there was an 0-12 Duke prop, I would strongly consider taking it because it's 
God, it would probably be like plus a thousand, maybe. I th- I think I think they're going to be one and eleven. I think they're going to beat Northwestern. And in fact, I'm going to call the whole shot right now. Take the Duke season under. Take they're not North- beating Northwestern. Take they're- you don't. I think they can beat Northwestern. No, I'll take that bet right now. All right, we gotta we gotta make some stakes for it then. Whatever the money line is, give me Northwestern on that. All right, we give me Duke. They- or, give me Duke, and we'll figure out uh, what the what the podcast bet is later. And then it seems like you're taking Kansas in that game. I think I am. I which, think I like. Uh, I think I like your Jayhawks, man. We'll get to Kansas in the Big Twelve preview, but their number is one and a half, and they're not hitting the over. <laughs> they're not winning in Durham. I don't know, they man. They've, 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 they've a... surprised the last couple of years. They they pull a couple of weird wins out of their ass. They haven't won a P five road game since two thousand and eight. Didn't they beat the shit out of Boston College? Yeah, like, you're right. A couple years ago? Having a brain fart here. They haven't won a P5, excuse me, Big 12 roll game since 2008. That sounds right. See, I'm not even willing to give them that Boston College win. I remember because I'm pretty sure I talked up Boston College on the podcast that week. Yeah. And they, it was like 55-14 or something crazy. I think they beat Rutgers at some point recently. Smash Rutgers. That was at home though. Ah, okay. Either way. Anything else in ACC? I got nothing, man. Looking forward to your 2020-2022 national champions. I've I've always been confused about the nomenclature around the years. It's always a season for me. It's always dumb. Anyway, Miami's going to win the title this year. Can't wait. Heard it here first. What are the odds on that? Probably not great because it's (laughs) not going to (laughs) happen. Now I need to look because that's... Now you are talking out of your ass. Yeah, definitely. What do you think the number is? Uh, I know they're plus 135 to win the ACC Coastal. To win the championship? I I mean, I'm sure they're on the board, but, dude, I mean, that's got to be a big number. Uh, I don't 4, know. 4,000. 4,000. I thought it'd be higher. Really? Wow. I thought it would be higher, too. I was thinking, like, 6,000. So, in that ballpark, I mean, obviously, you have Alabama-Clemson. At the top, you have Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Then it dips to Iowa State, 2,500, A&M, 3,000, LSU, uh, 3,500, dips again. That's when you have Florida, 4,000, Notre Dame, 4,000, Oregon, 4,000, Miami, 4,000, Penn State, 4,000, North Carolina, who is ahead of Miami in the ACC odds, plus 8, not a big gap, plus 850 to 900. Still, Miami plus 4,000 to win it all, North Carolina plus 5,000 to win it all. Neither team has won the national championship, but that is weird to me. High Motor by BetMGM. We're coming back on Thursday before we flip the calendar to August next week. We're scheduled to do another P5 preview. I mentioned this in the open. But with NFL camps opening this week, we're going to keep an eye on some of those numbers because if Rodgers does or does not show, regardless of what happens there, the numbers are going to move, uh, not just for the Packers too. So there probably will be something to talk about with that. Um, since we can't really avoid that situation, since that'll be a big deal for those odds. We'll see how that plays out, potentially lead a P. What are we doing on Thursday? Big 10, Big 12? I feel like we got to wait as long as possible on this Big 12 thing. (laughs) I mean. Well, they're not bailing this year. Yeah, but, I mean, if they bail, that's immediately going to change the handicap for this year, I would think. You think so? Yeah, I do. Hmm. So maybe we will go to Pac-12. FCS? 
Coming up next, Brawl of the Wild. Your handicaps for November of 2021, Montana, Montana State. Live from Bozeman. Is it in Bozeman this year? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Anyways, regardless of what we're doing, we're back on Thursday. That's July 29th on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, everywhere else podcasts are available. Thank you for dropping by. We'll be back on Thursday. (laughs) 